0: Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came like out the wrong line already. And he's the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throwing it up above his head. They can't jump
1: with me. lead. Oh, the tackle him in the corner. Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us in another great episode we've got lined up for you today. I am your host, Matt Bruning. You can find me at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. Looking forward to continually talking about the 2019 draft class. So obviously we put out an episode just a few days ago with Mr. Andrew Harbaugh. Again, you can find him at NFL. Uh, He joined us to talk about our top 12 running backs. It kind of went back and forth with Dennis, him, and myself and talked about the guys we had up there, who we liked, who we disliked. Today, we are continuing in that theme. We will be bringing on Mr. Garrett Price of Dynasty Nerds, a friend of Dennis, someone that uh, has recently jumped into the industry and has become a fantastic rider already, is soaring up through the ranks. You guys can find him on there. Check out his threads on all these players that he's doing. They are awesome. He goes into full detail on what these players are good at, what they're not good at. Gives you clips all on Twitter. Very easy to find. Really cool idea. I know a couple other people do it as well, but I really like his breakdowns, and I think you will as well, so go check him out. Definitely follow him. He is is worth to follow he uh Actually, congratulations to him. Just got named as one of the top 20 followers in the Dynasty industry by Ryan McDowell, who also is a pioneer of the industry, uh, someone you should follow as well. Puts together these awesome FF Follows lists with all of us on there, obviously. Me and Dennis both made the list. Dennis much higher than myself. Again, me just kind of breaking into this industry last year. Um, I appreciate all the support that everybody has given me, obviously, as well. Um, It's been awesome to kind of be even just named on that list with everybody else. Uh, Again, I think I was 70. So nowhere near as close as Dennis, who I think was up in the 30s. And then obviously Garrett was number 20, which is just awesome. Um, That's why I'm bringing these guys on here to give you guys their advice because, uh, you know, again, I was the guy who gave you guys Ronald Jones last year. (sighs) Yeah, it still hurts, guys. still hurts. I did give you guys Philip Lindsay as well. So hopefully you guys took the Philip Lindsay advice and that somewhat took the sting out of the Ronald Jones advice. Um, But. Uh, really enjoy talking to these guys, and, and we're going to bring them on here today. Obviously, Dennis, the the regular co-host with me every week, uh, we we know, uh, and we know and love him. But Garrett, uh, a new gentleman, a new uh, Dynasty Nerds writer, and I don't actually know if he's new, new, but uh, has definitely been putting out a lot of stuff that I've really enjoyed here as of late. So again, guys, give him a follow at Dynasty Price on Twitter. He's awesome, uh, and I can't wait to bring him in here and talk to him about the running backs really quick. Uh, Before we get into that, um, obviously there's been some news, so I'll talk about that really quick with Antonio Brown.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen.
1: So obviously Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster are going at each other here in a little bit of I shouldn't even say going at each other Juju Smith-Schuster is kind of taking the high road here uh, which is not surprising everybody loves Juju I'm hashtag team Juju right now Uh, I think that he has been awesome throughout this whole thing Um, you know I don't know if it's the money going to AB's head or what's going on Uh, it seems very selfish Uh, I put out a little thing on Twitter about it I thought it was uh, the jealousy and everything was kind of uh, pathetic as uh, not just a teammate but kind of a human being to. To throw him under the bus like that because uh, Antonio Brown wants to crew. uh Criticized Juju Smith-Schuster for fumbling that ball against the New Orleans Saints, yet he feigned an injury and didn't even play in Week 17 and left at halftime. Uh, so that's not even the pot calling the kettle black. That's even worse, in my opinion. Uh, that's really kind of a pathetic road to go down. Uh, obviously, Antonio Brown, you cannot question, is a great player, one of the best wide receivers to play the game, um, and was someone that I think a lot of people supported and were happy for to see him get moved to Oakland after everything went down in Pittsburgh. A lot of people thinking that Big Ben was a bad teammate and everything and uh, didn't respect him everything. That's at least what he put out there. Um, and it did seem believable at times, but now with the way he's acting toward Juju Smith-Schuster, um, where it seems like Juju showed him nothing but love, is just it's, it's a little bit sad in my opinion. And, and honestly, I'm not rooting for Antonio Brown anymore. I'm sure he could not care two, two flips about my opinion on him, but I really hope he falls flat on his face in Oakland now, uh, just as a little bit of karma coming back and getting him uh, for the way that he's kind of just burned all of his bridges going out the door of Pittsburgh, you know. Again, I've said this before and I'll say it again as a Browns fan. It's not something I like to admit, uh, but Pittsburgh has been one of the more class organizations throughout their NFL uh, tenure. The Rooney's obviously have the Rooney rule based on what Mr. Rooney did. They've been a very good organization. Uh, so I can't imagine that it was all Pittsburgh, like Antonio Brown made it out to believe. And now it's starting to look like maybe it was more Antonio Brown than Pittsburgh. Uh, but that was just my take on that really quick. Uh, obviously a lot of people talking about it. If you don't follow me on Twitter, uh, again that that's kind of a summarization of what i put out there just real quick wanted to hit on that is that that is big news there's obviously still some more news of josh rosen possibly being traded as well there's uh there's actually a lot of talk of him possibly getting traded to washington that is going to be a fascinating storyline to watch here over the next couple of weeks as we're getting closer and closer to the draft just 17 days away and god i cannot get here quick enough um i am I really don't think I've been more excited for a draft than this year. I mean, obviously last year, uh, I was excited just to see who the Browns would take at quarterback. I was obviously hoping it was Baker Mayfield. He was my number one uh, throughout the entire process. And heh, my guy is that guy really proven to be an awesome guy, um, and and you know he's going to lead the Browns to the Super Bowl, we all know that's coming so don't hate, uh, appreciate the man and his greatness, uh, but anyways uh, last year obviously was just awesome for what I was interested to see what John Dorsey was going to do with the Browns but this year just all the storylines leading into this, the quarterback class, and I'll talk about the wide receivers running backs, it, it's just a loaded class and it's so defensive heavy as well, so it's going to be really interesting to see how teams kind of maneuver here and there how everything goes, obviously if you're in an ID P league the defensive side is going to be fun if you're not you're mostly going to be focused on the offensive side and I think this year the wide receivers and tight ends are going to be kind of the key for us in fantasy to watch is uh, the they're got a lot more studs I guess would be the way I would word it going in with these running backs uh, I like this class we're about to get Dennis and Garrett's opinions on their thoughts on this running back class uh, but I am someone who likes it um, I do think that it's a Not necessarily a deep class with elite players. There's about four or five elite players that I like, but I do think it's deep with a decent talent. Um, But it is a class that, um, as Andrew put in the last episode, landing spot dependent. That is going to be a big deal going forward. So that's it really for the news. Let's go ahead and bring Dennis and Garrett on here to talk about our second half or our second tier of running backs. Those running backs ranked 13 through 24. (laughs) as always, we have Mr. Dennis Bennett with us today. What's going on, Dennis? How are we doing?
2: Well, hello, hello, hello. I am just having a great day coming off a, a weekend of familial bliss with a pain-in-the-butt teenager. <laughs>
1: hey, we've all been there, though, man. We've all given our parents hell, right?
2: No, I was a perfect child.
1: Oh, well, I, I wasn't, so, you know. But don't,
2: don't ask my mom for a second opinion, though.
1: Gotcha. I, I can understand that, you <laughs> know. And uh, as uh, I alluded into the intro here, we have another special guest joining us today to talk about some more running backs in this uh, 2019 draft class. Uh, He writes for Dynasty Nerds with Dennis here, Mr. Garrett Price. You can find him at Dynasty Price on Twitter. Garrett, what is going on?
0: How's it going, man? How you doing?
1: Oh, you know, we're just living the fantasy dream over here. How about yourself?
0: Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, it's finally starting to warm up here in uh, Northeast Ohio, so we're starting to get that that spring feeling in the air a little bit. I'm sure that's just probably a prelude to like a giant blizzard that'll come in out of nowhere. But <laughs> but so far yeah. it feels pretty good.
1: Yeah, I would. Uh, I'd say I'm jealous because I imagine like uh, I mean, what is it? What is it right now up there? Like 50, 60 degrees?
0: Yeah, in that ballpark.
1: Right around that. Yeah. See, it was like freaking 90 today in texas and i hate that kind of weather so you know like i'm sure it sounds nice to you guys who've had to deal with obviously all kinds of whatever it was i can't remember i know me and dennis did a podcast while you guys were stuck in what was like 10 feet of snow or probably more than that and it was only like 20 degrees here but man this 90 degrees in in april is just ridiculous uh but garrett uh I always like to get, uh, when we bring guests on here, kind of talk about uh, just your experience in fantasy and everything, how you got started into the business and became an analyst and everything. I obviously know who your favorite team is, but uh, would you just mind telling us a little bit or telling our podcast audience here a little bit about yourself?
0: Yeah, I, uh, I'm i fairly new uh, when it comes to, to Dynasty Fantasy Football. Just uh, back in, in December, I was... Uh, I was talking with some of the guys in my league and we had just finished up another uh, successful season uh, doing, doing dynasty football. It was our, our sixth season together. Uh, Same guys. We haven't lost a single guy, Uh, all friends from college. And uh, every year I do all of these different write-ups like during the season, like different predictions, um, different things about the, the league history that we have, all of this stuff, put all this time, effort, energy into this. And a couple of guys in the league were like, Hey, Um, what you're doing is really cool, but like, why don't you do it for people that actually care? I was like, oh, okay. Thanks guys. I appreciate that. Um, but, but it really got me thinking like, man, why don't, why don't I look into this a little bit more? And so, uh, I, uh, play in a different league with a guy that, that used to write for dynasty nerds and was talking to him and I was like, Hey, how, you know, what's the process like? And he's like, you know, honestly, they're, they're really good dudes. They're going to ask you to write a sample article uh if it's good they'll tell you it's good and you'll write for them if it sucks they'll say sorry never mind and so i wrote something and uh, apparently they didn't hate it and uh the rest is history that
1: is awesome man that is awesome i come from a, a very familiar background i used to do the same thing for my home dynasty league we've uh been together six years as well but we've lost two owners throughout that time uh just when we all started up none of us knew anything about dynasty kind of started our own thing and i was the same way i was writing up previews and and reviews all this stuff like what happened that year who's going in as contenders all stuff so i understand that completely that is that is awesome so uh obviously i know who your favorite team is uh, but who's your favorite team and do you have a favorite nfl player
0: you know what? Right now, it's hard to not have Baker Mayfield as your favorite uh, player if you're a Browns fan, and, and I am a Browns fan. and so,
2: Warm-up's not really, but when I woke up this morning, I was feeling
0: pretty dangerous. Uh, I like him a lot. I mean, uh, I like, I like a, a, an unreasonable like, man crush on Baker oh, Mayfield. I hear you. Uh, but uh, i suck up t- to
2: the host.
1: What? Did we just become best friends? Yep.
0: No, I know, I, right? Hey,
1: hey, hey, I'm, I, I'd have Baker Mayfield's babies if you'd let me, man. I love that guy. I, I love him. He's taking us to a Super Bowl here in the next year. so.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. But I grew up playing uh, – I played running back and linebacker. Um, and so I always uh, loved uh, talented running backs and, and linebackers. And so uh, guys like Mike Allstott, uh, I love Brian Erlacher um different players like that there weren't there weren't always a ton of browns uh to cheer for right. uh, growing up but once once we got to the the, the one-year wonder of peyton hillis that was <laughs> uh that was a fun year and i i got his jersey i went out at midnight and bought the madden like i was yeah. all about it um but other than that there haven't been too many other browns to really cheer for uh so i had to find guys i liked on other teams
1: yeah, I was gonna say that damn Madden curse, man. He he just he he that screwed over Peyton Hills. I, he would have been great had he would not been put on the cover of Madden. I I guarantee that yeah, that was it. Was, that yeah, that's that what it was. That was that sure, that was it. It was. <laughs> Well, is it, it's awesome to have you on here, man. Like I know we've kind of been conversing back and forth on Twitter for a while now. We're obviously in a, the Dynasty Nerds League together, so it's been cool to see your articles and everything. I know uh, I, I comment on your wide receiver ones. Uh, you know, like I can't wait to see the the Hakeem Butler stuff that you throw up there yeah. because he is by far my favorite wide receiver in this class. And I feel like uh, I don't know if any of you guys saw his stuff, uh, Ryan's stuff on Twitter. Uh, goodness I just forgot his Twitter handle and I just had it in front of me uh but he does like all the stuff uh, I know I want to say congratulations to you by the way being a top 20 dynasty follow that is awesome uh I saw him oh, put so out Ryan, Ryan McDowell. Today. yes Ryan McDowell oh yeah I was trying to remember what his uh, Twitter handle was at Ryan MC23 uh so he put out he does a really good job with like the rookie ADPs and just ADP stuff throughout the throughout the entire year like he's one of the best followers on twitter if you guys don't follow him as well um and he put out that hakeem butler is actually going as the 1-1 recently which uh really kind of made me sad because i was really hoping he would drop a lot of people didn't seem to like him early on in the process but looks like he's jumping up
0: yeah that's been fascinating i think i think a lot of people were were watching uh david montgomery tape and were like wait wait who's this guy and uh, i think he really jumped up people's boards
1: yeah, unfortunately, that's he, him and uh, him and Miles Sanders are my two guys of this class that I was hoping would fall just somewhere at the back end of the first round, so I can try and grab them. But I don't think that's going to happen anymore. So we obviously had on uh, another guest with us the other day to talk about our top twenty-four rankings or top twenty-four, our top twelve. Uh, so I wanted to get your top twelve really quick since we're going to kind of focus on the back half of this class, if you don't mind.
0: Yeah, let me get my. Uh, I had my twelve through twenty-four, so let me grab my. Top twelve here. Um, so starting it off for me is Josh Jacobs. Uh I've listened to you guys a little bit, and so I know that's probably a
2: controversial take on this pod. A little bit. Uh yeah. but Josh Jacobs is number one for me. Uh number two, David Montgomery. Nah, I'm used to I'm used to Matt being wrong about running back. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up.
1: Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa. I don't have Josh Jacobs as one. I never had Ronald Jones at one either. He was like five ish. All right, so let's let's just. Uh, yeah. He's still a Hall of Famer. I know. He's gonna be a Hall of Famer. Just you wait. Just you wait. He's taking over the backfield the, this year. Jeez, I'm an idiot.
2: The Denny's Hall of Fame.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Garrett. Continue. Continue.
0: <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. David Montgomery at two. Uh, Miles Sanders at three. Uh, Daryl Henderson at four. Um, then I have Rodney Anderson at five. Benny well actually I've switched this since then. Uh, Alexander Madison is 6 for me, okay. uh which is which is kind of become my my guy. Mm-hmm. Uh Benny Snell is 7, uh Damian Harris is 8. Travion Williams is 9, Darwin Thompson is 10, Raquell Armstead is 11 and Bryce Love is 12.
1: Wow. Okay, there's a there's a couple interesting names in there. I'm sure Dennis Love the Bryce Love love there at 12. Uh, that a lot of loves in there. I did. Because uh, uh, I know we all had a very big conversation about that um, last week when we did our first one. We both liked Bryce Love a lot. Um, um, my goodness, I just forgot his name. I just wanted to ask you about uh, Andrew Harbaugh. Andrew. Oh. Oh, no, no, no. I know. Sorry. No, yeah. I is our guest. Never I haven't been mentioning his name Yes, Andrew Harbaugh. No. Um, my goodness. Dude, uh, six. I ju- his name just jumped out oh, of my head. Alexander Madison? Yes. Tell me about him. Because I'm going to be honest. I don't even know who you're talking about. I have no idea who that is.
0: Yeah, so this is a guy that's kind of flown under the radar. He played at Boise State. Um, he's a he's a big physical back, uh, and when you watch his tape, you can't help but be excited. He runs angry. Like he runs like somebody kicked his dog or, you know, I don't know what, but he runs angry, and he will find any way to get from point A to point B, whether that means he has to run through you, if he has to do one cut and go, or even if he has to hurdle you, even though he probably tries to do that a little too much, um, he is going to figure out a way to get from point A to point B. Uh, Bigger back, he is, um, let's see, what do I got on my notes here for him? He is 5'10 and 5'8. Yeah,
2: Yeah,
0: so he's a a bigger running back. Uh, He ran a 4.67 at the combine, so it was a little bit of a disappointing combine time. Uh, But he he looked a lot faster on the field, and so it was interesting. During his pro day, he actually ran a 4.52, so that definitely helped boost his stock there. Uh, Had a pretty good 3-cone, pretty good short shuttle for a guy his size, So uh, and actually has pretty good hands for his size. And so I've heard some of the optimistic people have a cream hunt uh, comp on him. Uh, I don't know that I would go quite cream hunt, um, but but I think this dude could absolutely be a stud uh, at the next level. Well,
2: I mean, he did catch 50, uh, sixty passes in three years in college, so I suppose that that's not necessarily um, too far off comparing him to Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm.
1: Where uh, where would you expect him to go in the NFL draft? You think he's uh, like a day three pick, round four through seven?
2: Yeah,
0: I think so. I could, I, I would say right now probably early fifth, if I had to guess. I think he'll be right around there, late fourth, early fifth. Um, I definitely think he's improved his uh, his stock with that 40 time because I think that was a lot of people's biggest concern. Uh, and from all accounts that I'm hearing, he's a really good dude. So I'm sure he probably did fine in a lot of the uh, interviews and stuff with the scouts and the GMs. So I'm not too worried about that aspect of it. And so I don't think he'll be a day two guy necessarily unless all the chips fall exactly right. But I, I could see early on in day three.
1: Well, that is interesting Dennis did you have any uh, real issues or anything with his rankings I mean from everything I heard it pretty much lined up with uh mine I mean guys in a couple different spots obviously but nothing nothing major
2: now uh, Madison was probably the biggest surprise for me but uh, I, I feel like when, once you get past probably five then there's a lot of variability and and it it'll change up after the draft I'm sure uh it just is gonna come down to how do they fit, what's gonna be the, the path to playing time. And so there'll be there'll be some shuffling. It's it you know, there's some depth here, but there's not, you know, a lot of star quality and I think Madison falls into that. If he gets in the right situation, he could uh, really you know, end up having a, a good start to his career.
1: Uh, and real quick, I want to get uh, one more question from you before we move on to 13 through 24. Uh, I just want your thoughts on Rodney Anderson. Cause he's one of my favorite prospects with miles Sanders. Uh, I do think a lot of people kind of forget how talented he was just a couple years ago. Uh, the injury this year, obviously only playing in two games has really kind of, I think hit his value. Cause he's kind of gotten hit with that injury bug. Uh, how do you kind of perceive him moving forward into the NFL?
0: Yeah, I have him at running back five right now. Um, as far as if, if, there weren't injury concerns with Rodney Anderson. He would probably be my RB two. Okay. I like him a lot. I think he has a lot of talent, a lot of ability. I do think he looked a little bit better uh, being, in, being in such good offenses. Um, but overall, I definitely love his talent. It's all just a question of health with him. And so for me, I would have a hard time taking him in the first round just because of those health concerns. But if that was off the table, he's probably a top, three pick top five pick
1: okay gotcha all right well let's move into our running backs 13 through 24 um i'll just be straight up honest right now i don't have 24 i've got 20 that i'm interested in so i'll kind of cut my list off there but i want to hear your 13 through 24 and then we'll get dennis's and then i'll give mine and then we'll kind of interact with each other here to see what uh the major differences we have
0: yeah so for me uh A guy that I think I'm a lot lower on than than most other people uh, comes in at 13. I have Devin Singletary uh, at 13. Justice Hill at 14. Devine Ozigbo at 15. 16, I got Ohio State product Mike Weber. Uh, 17, I have Alex Barnes. 18, Travis Homer. Uh, I got Higdon out of Michigan at 19. Uh, Dexter Williams at 20 out of Notre Dame. Uh, let me get the last part miles Gaskin at 21. Uh, the receiving back James Williams at 22 Uh, the ever so slow Elijah Holyfield at 23 and uh rounding out my 24 is Quadri Olison. Oh, I love that I I saw your article you did on him that 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 got
2: him to 24. So you were you were my big influencer there I have Travion Williams at uh, 13 Uh, I suspect he's probably going to end up in the top 12 uh, after the draft. And then Singletary at uh, 14, uh, Mike Weber, 15, Darwin Thompson, uh, followed by Madison for me. Then I have Justice Hill. Uh, Where am I at? About uh, 19, Miles Gaskin. 18 is Miles Gaskin. Uh, 19, West Hills out of Slippery Rock. 20, Travis Homer. Actually, that might be 21. Uh, 22, Elijah Holyfield. 23, Quadri Olison, And uh, 24, Jordan Scarlett out of Florida. Actually, I I think I'm going to switch Olison and Holyfield. Okay. So, I'll make Olison will be my 22. Holyfield will be my 23. All
1: right is extremely different than your guys, and I'm not sure if that's a good thing. Probably a good thing for you guys and a bad thing for me. So, my 13 is—I uh, always struggle with this dude's name. I'm horrible at pronouncing names, by the way, Garrett. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm that guy.
2: Let me tell you why I suck.
1: Uh, divine is it? Uh, azigbo <laughs> oh,
2: Ozigbo. Oh, Ozigbo.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yep. Uh, 14 for me is Elijah Holyfield. 15 for me is James Williams. 16 is Miles Gaskin, 17 is Reichwell Armstead, 18 is Dexter Williams, 19 is Karan Higdon, and 20 is Darwin Thompson. That's all that I have uh, marked on mine. So why the hate for Elijah Holyfield, Garrett? I know why Dennis hates him, so I want to hear your your opinion on why. I shouldn't say hate him, but why is is he so far down on your list?
0: So even before the combine, um, let's not talk about that just yet. Before the combine, looking at his tape, um, he was he was one of those guys that looked fine. Um, he didn't have any traits that I was like, oh my goodness, I, I love that or I love this. Um, it was just kind of all it was just all there. Um, then when you put the 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 measurables on top of it, uh, the slow forty time and, and all that, I there there just wasn't a lot to love there for me. And so uh, at that point, I, I'm worried that he might end up being a uh, kind of like uh, who was it last year Philip Lindsay not in the case where he he jumps up and it is amazing but but he makes the team because of coming in as an undrafted free agent
1: okay are you an ohio state fan buddy chance cuz i know you're a brown i fan. am an ohio state fan why do you hate mike weber why why would you do this okay team?
0: so he was he was one of those guys that um i've i've been doing these different threads on um Mike Weber in a similar sense with Holyfield, there's nothing uh, that sticks out to me as elite. Um, he's not overly fast, although his, his 40 time at the combine, uh, was, did look very good, but he seems like the opposite of what we talk about a lot of times with guys where we see on the, on the field, they look really fast, but their 40 time wasn't that good. I feel like he was flipped. He looked a lot slower than a four, four, seven on the field to me. Um, he he's a fine pass catcher. He will get a job on a team as a as a backup running back. But I don't think that there's any part of his game um, that will elevate him to an RB one unless he uh, on, a, on a team, not not even fantasy football, just on a team, unless he lands in a situation where two guys in front of him get hurt and he has to end up being the guy. But there was just, you know, watching his tape, he was kind of plotting at time, didn't have incredible balance or vision he, he got brought down uh easier than you would think for a guy that's that's built pretty well um I just I, I see him as a good career backup and really nothing else
1: okay what about Rykel Armstead if I remember correctly you actually had him in your top 12 I had him lower I don't I remember did. where De- Dennis where did you have Armstead
2: I had him at 11.
1: 11? Okay, so you guys both had him in your top 12. What am I missing on him? Because I've got him down at 17 right now. What am I not seeing that you guys are?
2: I just think that he, he's uh, got pretty good feet for a big back. He shows some power. Um, I don't have his stats handy in front of me. Um, but he he just, in the, the tape that I did see, he, he looked like uh, a, a back that was going to be able to make, make some stuff happen. He's got decent vision, so he can get to the second level, and he seemed to have pretty good speed.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, He was actually one of those combine darlings that wasn't really even on my radar until the combine. Uh, And then I went back and watched the tape afterward because I wasn't necessarily buying it because there's a guy in here, uh, Alex Barnes, who I had to go back and see his tape too, and I was really underwhelmed when I watched his tape. But when I watched Armstead's tape, um, you definitely saw the speed uh, show up. He ran a four four five forty uh, at five eleven two twenty. And so he's he's a pretty good sized kid um, But he also did well in the short area drills uh, He did a he had a seven oh two three cone, which I was really impressed with um, and then he had a four two nine uh shuttle so w- when watching a lot of the physical tools for armstead are there the hardest part is He does not have very good vision and he is, uh, when we say this about defensive players, we mean it as a compliment, but here I'm not sure it's necessarily a compliment. He has an incredible motor where he is going, 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 but he is not very patient. And, I mean, you would even see times where he would be pushing his lineman over in order to try to make a play. And so I like the physical tools. He just needs a lot of refinement.
1: Okay, so how, um, where exactly would you... Where do you think he goes in the NFL draft, then? If you feel that he needs – I would imagine if you feel he needs refinement, he's not someone that's going to play first year, maybe someone who sits the bench for the most part, maybe does special teams work. Where would you expect him to get drafted?
0: Yeah, he seems like a sixth-round guy to me, okay. uh, somewhere in that ballpark.
1: What about Dexter Williams? Because I get – I feel like there's a lot of different opinions on him. Uh, I like him. I am again, I have him at 18, so that's kind of a a variance there of like. Like, I like him, but do I like, like, like him? Not really. Uh, But I do think that he could be a decent back. I've seen some people who have him all the way up in their top 12. Obviously, I don't believe either one of you do so. What are your guys' thoughts on him?
0: Yeah, for me, I have him at 20. Uh, I like some of the things I saw at Notre Dame. Uh, You're right. I've seen a lot of people that have him pretty high that I've even seen top eight for a couple people. There was one guy, I think he was just a a Dexter Williams fanatic, but he had him all the way up at like two or something like that. Uh, But, but I think most people have him somewhere between uh, 10 and 20 and I'm on the lower end. I'm at 20 uh, with Dexter Williams. And so I I, I like some of the things that he can do. I think he's a fine player, uh, but I think he's going to struggle to, to make a roster.
2: Yeah, I. The reason I struggled finding him is I didn't have him in my top twenty four. Okay,
1: gotcha. Yeah, like I said, I, I've seen some people who have him really high, and like I've I've not seen the guy who had him at two. But you might be right. He might just be a Dexter Williams fanatic. But I've seen some people like more than a couple that have had him up there in their top twelve. And I was just trying to figure out against so what I, what am I missing? Because uh, I don't have some of these guys again. This is coming from a guy who who thought Ronald Jones was the truth. So I don't know. You know, take <laughs> take that with the grain of salt. I guess. Uh. Someone I'm interested to hear your opinion on because I know – another person I know Dennis isn't high on. Again, I feel like this is just really not looking good for me because uh, I have him up in my top eight. I have him at seven. Is Justice Hill. I know you have him further down. What is it that you don't like about Justice Hill?
0: So Justice Hill is a really interesting case. Uh, He's one of the backs that I've seen probably of people that I respect the most all over the place. Uh, I've seen him as high as top five. I've seen him as low as, you know, 17, 18, 19. Um, so I've seen him all over the place. I, I don't love justice Hill. Um, I think best case scenario in, in my mind is he's a poor man's job at best. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember. Well, you would definitely remember him, Dennis out of Detroit. Right? I do. Um, but I, I don't think he's as good as Javid best, but I think he would be best case scenario. Poor man's version of him where he's got good speed um, he's got good hands. Uh, he can do uh, some of those explosive plays. But the thing that was surprising to me with a four I saw him get tracked down more than I thought I would, and so that was kind of surprising to me. He's also a little undersized. Didn't even hit two hundred pounds at the combine, and people people were excited that he was at one ninety eight. Um, and so I, I worry a little bit about that. And then always at the NFL level, anytime you're you're an undersized player, you always have to worry about the injuries. And so that's something that. I could see happening if he lands in the right spot. And that's going to be the case with almost all of these guys after our own personal 12 and probably outside of our top six or seven guys. um, The situation for him is going to dictate a lot, a bad situation. I'll probably keep him down in these mid to late teens. If he ends up in a good situation, I could see him moving up toward like nine or 10. So I think he's very situation dependent.
2: Well, what would be a good situation for him? Because I, he kind of is, He's kind of like Edo Smith he's he's nothing special you know Ido got in a situation where the guy in front of him basically one guy got injured the other guy left via free agency and so he's lined up for a role I don't know where you know when I look at the landscape I don't know where necessarily Hill could go and kind of find that path yeah it'd be tough um, a place I think would be perfect for him or
0: Travion Williams I think I see them uh, being in a similar role, I like Williams more. Um, but if, if one of them ended up in Houston, I think, I think that could be a good fit with either Lamar Miller and or Donta Foreman as, as the first and second down guy. And then, and then the other playing, um, the third down role or justice Hill or trivial Williams playing the third down role. I think that would be kind of a nice little combo there for, um, for the Houston Texans, but it would have to be a situation like that. And I don't think there are too many of those opportunities out there right now.
1: Yeah. I'd love to see him land or not even him. Travion Williams more. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Travion Williams as well. I have him over. I have him actually just one spot over <coughs> just Hill. uh, I've, we actually were talking about that with Andrew Harbaugh on the last, uh, last episode there about those two getting compared together a lot. And I think Travion Williams is just the overall better back, but I think Houston would be an awesome spot for him to land. Uh, Two more guys I want to ask you about before we move on to some of the other questions here. Uh, Again, because it is my podcast, so I'm going to ask. I'm a huge Miles Sanders fan, so I would like to hear your thoughts on Miles Sanders.
0: Miles Sanders is a guy that has warmed up to me a lot. At first, I didn't really get the hype. Um, I didn't watch a ton of tape early on. And, uh, once again, once the combine hit and he performed well in the combine, that was one of those things that signaled to me, okay, I need to look a little bit deeper into his tape. Um, and I think if you are an NFL GM, Miles Sanders is the type of guy that you want. He does everything well. Um, he, he's not necessarily, uh, an elite prospect, I would say, but he does everything really, really well. And there's no major glaring holes to his game. Plus he had the pressure of backing up the greatest running back we've seen in a long time, come out of college. Yeah. And so he had a, he had a lot of pressure to live up to and he and he didn't get a chance to get many carries before this season. And so I think he was still learning on the job. I think if he gets in a good situation, I would love to see him go to Tampa Bay. I think he How would scary. all of a sudden become probably, probably the consensus number one back. If he goes to Tampa Bay, um,
2: yeah, so I like him a lot.
0: I have him at three. I do overall like Jacobs and Montgomery more, uh, but I definitely think Sanders is a very good player.
1: How dare you try and unseat Ronald Jones like that? I don't. I, <laughs> I might have to end the podcast right here. Now, uh, just, just for Dennis, because I know he loves Bryce Love, um, again, he is one of these guys that I think is just all over the map in this rookie class just based on so many people valuing what he did two years ago where he had a phenomenal year I, i'm of the opinion that he should have came out that year obviously he didn't came back for his senior year suffered through injuries almost the entire year obviously now toward the acl i believe it was in their bowl game or right at the end of the year uh, so a lot of people are like well he's injury prone he wasn't really that good it was just kind of one good year some people comparing to christian mccaffrey i don't think he's that but i don't think he's that far off of mccaffrey i have him right there in my top twelve as well i have him at 11 i know dennis is very fond of bryce love Uh, since you have him up there in your top 12 kind of what is your thoughts on him uh moving forward into the nfl
0: he is going to be the ultimate boom bust player in this class when you look at his junior tape, you can't help but drool i mean some of the things that he's able to do and that raw speed is is phenomenal uh he's built well even though he's an undersized guy um, he's built well for being an undersized guy, wasn't utilized as much in the passing game as you would think, uh, but he didn't look like he was necessarily lacking in that area. He could end up, I mean, if, if we're looking five years down the road and you tell me that Bryce Love somehow ended up being the the number one back in this class, I wouldn't be shocked yeah. if you told me that he also never played an NFL down. I wouldn't be shocked at that either. And so at this point in a class that is – is is really weak overall i love the opportunity to take a chance on him so if you're going to try to nab him at and i don't know exactly where he's going overall for most people but if you're able to snag him at the end of the second round beginning of the third round i would do that all day for that type of upside
1: yeah, if, if the no, if the stuff that I was looking at earlier this weekend was correct, it looks like he's going off the board in most people's like early to mid to late third round. Like mostly the third round is what his ADP's at. So I agree with you. I think if he's going in the third round, it'd be someone I'd probably try and snag as well. Dennis, do you have any questions you want to ask him before we move on to talking about these thirteen through twenty four guys?
2: No, I'm ready to go.
1: All right, so. We're going to stick kind of with the same questions that we talked to with uh, Mr. Harbaugh about here in the last episode. If you had to stake your entire fantasy analysis reputation on one back in this back half, 13 through 24, that would end up being a pro bowler for years to come, who would it be for you?
0: So I already gushed over Alexander Madison, and he's not in my second half, so I, I won't cheat. Uh, but if we were going, if we we're going the consensus... Uh, he would definitely be the guy that I would do. Uh, but as far as the guys that I have in my uh, in my range, there, I would probably go uh, uh, see. Now I'm stuttering over the name Ozigbo, uh, Divine Ozigbo. I really liked a lot of the things I saw in the tape. For a bigger back, he has really good feet. Uh, he's a hard worker. Uh, he actually uh, unseated the guy in front of him during the season because he came to the coach's preseason and was like, "Hey, what do I need to do to get more touches?" And they were like, you know, you gotta you gotta get in the weight room, you gotta get better. You know, we wanna see, we wanna see that you want it. And he did. He ended up winning their whatever their lifter of the year is in the offseason, he won that, worked really hard, played really well at the end of the season, even showed some bursts for a bigger player. So he would be a guy that if if you were to tell me somebody in the second half of my my list here ends up making
2: the Pro Bowl, it would be him. You know, for me, uh, in my second half, I am gonna Go with uh, Madison. Um, you know, you you've already talked about him some because uh, you have him up in your top twelve, uh, where I have a Zigbo up there. So uh, I, I like Madison if he can uh, if he can maintain that four or five speed. If he's not really closer to that four seven, uh, four six seven. If he could if he can do that. Um, And hit the hole, he's going to get some opportunity and that's going to be good for him. Um, You know, he's one of those guys you talk about uh, going to Houston. If he was, you know, there's no real guarantee that Foreman's going to make it all the way back from that Achilles. Um, You know, the Achilles now is what the ACL used to be. And uh, so if Foreman doesn't make it back, he'd be the, the right kind of guy to team with somebody like lamar miller who can pe- catch the ball move it move miller into more of a change of pace role uh and let madison kind of be that hammer madison kind of reminds me a little bit of of all i love michael Allstott.
1: all right so for me my guy and i'm, I'm just sticking with this train i, I can't jump off it now I'm, I'm sure dennis knows who i'm going with
0: Woo! 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 he kind got like a, a big choo-choo train
1: it's Elijah Holyfield. I've been on this guy the entire off season, or up, uh, since week eight of the college football seasons. That's when I start putting out a lot of my stuff. I know that he had a bad combine and everything, but I do think that he's much better on the tape that I've seen. I like, I mean, his, he's got very short strides. My goodness, I can't speak. Um, But... He, from what I've seen on tape, is a very smart runner. I like his footwork. He's very decisive when he's running the ball. He obviously can run over pretty much anybody. I don't expect him to come out there and be a full work full workhorse in every three-down back, but he still could come in there and be a goal back, someone who gets you those tough yards. I could see him almost in like a LeGarrette blunt role if he goes to the right offense, and I think that that's something that could help him. If he ends up getting, you know, ten to twelve touchdowns a year just because he's rushing it in from the goal line. He's gonna be end up being a pro bowl player. He's gonna be awesome for you in fantasy. Uh, so that's why I'm gonna go with that. That's my guy. I'm gonna stick with him. Again, especially with the the combine testing, he's someone I think at this point in rookie drafts, you might be able to get at the end of the third round, possibly fourth round, and someone who could really give you return on value like Philip Lindsay did last year.
2: Yeah, if he goes in the third round, I think people are drafting the helmet.
1: Well maybe. Yep. Hey, and I'm, there's nothing wrong with that though. Again, if if he ends up producing like I think he can, it's going to be a great pick for you. Like Philip Lindsay last year, I told everybody to jump on that Philip Lindsay train, and nobody listened to me. And you know, he's he's my one saving grace. He's the one thing that makes me not look like such an idiot after the Ronald Jones call. So, who is uh, who's your Ronald Jones of this class? Who is it that you guys see uh, everybody else talking about that's going to be this great back that you just don't see it? You think that they're going to be a bust this year?
0: For me, it's it's Alex Barnes. I've seen so many people that are gushing over the measurables. And honestly, the measurables are nice. I mean, he's a six-foot back at 226 pounds, yet still ran a sub-4, 640. I mean, for a guy that size, that's impressive. But on top of that, he was explosive in his vert. Uh, he had a 6953 cone, which is exceptional, especially for somebody that size. He was the top of the class. So those numbers get you excited. And then you go and watch the film and you're like, is this the same guy? I don't, I don't see the same things. He's an incredibly upright runner. And, and Dennis, when I was talking about, uh, the, the fictional running back, Tim Riggins, that was, it was about Alex Barnes. And so I know we were talking about that on Twitter and you're like, who I was like, yeah, you had to have seen Friday night lights, but, um, he, he runs like him. He runs like this fake running back on a TV show, which is not a compliment in any way. Um, so he's, he's a guy that sure, the measurables are there, but if you're, if, if you're true to your tape, I don't know how you can be high on him. Yeah.
2: I, I'm going to agree. You know, people are, there There are people who are out there touting him and I, I don't have him in my top 24. Um, if he does hit, I'm going to be that guy that's late to the party. That's probably not going to be, be able to afford to trade for him. Um because he'll just be more expensive than I still think he's worth and so uh you know if Barnes I, I did the same thing with Ronald Jones last year people were high on him and I was like I don't want anything I don't want anything to do with him and so if uh if people want to go draft in Barnes cuz they like his measurables that just leaves a good player for me
1: Buddy, we gotta stop bringing up Ronald Jones, man. That just I know. I'm Indiana trying, man. Back. I, I, <laughs> nice. I wish you'd hurry
2: up and miss one this year, so we can move on.
1: Oh, it's gonna happen, man. You've seen my rankings. It's someone's gonna be up there wrong somewhere. Um, that was Barnes was actually my call as well. So just to, to mix it up a little bit, I'm gonna go. Uh, Miles Gaskin, just based on the conversation we actually had with Andrew on the last episode, um, the more and more you, and I know you were with him on this, uh, the workload that he had in college, I haven't really put a lot of thought into that, and I do think that that might affect him a little bit coming into the NFL. I do think that he's really suited for just that receiving back role and already coming in with that much work on his legs. Uh, you know, I talked about possibly him having like possibly a really good two to three year career. Uh, but that's not really what you want out of your running back. Obviously, you want that quick production from him, but you You'd like him to at least last, I would assume, five years, six years, and then and upwards of that. And obviously, not a lot of running backs can produce for that long, uh, so he'll he'll be my call for this one uh, in my back half. A guy I really like. But I could see with the production that he put up in college and the amount of work he has on his legs, uh, he could kind of fall off once he gets to the NFL. Um, I talked about Elijah Holyfield kind of being my Philip Lindsay of this class. Do you guys have someone there that you think might go undrafted in rookie drafts or, or really late picks that you think could just jump up on the scene? Maybe not be a pro bowler for years to come, but maybe give you a couple good years uh, like Philip Lindsay looks like he might going forward.
0: Um, I'm uh, This is a tough one for me. I have him a lot lower than I probably should, and I, I finished up these ranks about two weeks ago, and as I've watched more, he, he he needs to move up in my ranks, in my mind, higher than I have him on the sheet. Uh, but James Williams, I think, could be one of those guys. He's not going to be a three-down back for you, uh, but he is an elite pass-catching back, and I think uh, everyone's comping him to 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 James White. I think that's an excellent comp. He, there There's a lot of similarity in their game. And so if he gets in that right situation where he can be uh, a James White, a Tariq Cohen. He could, he could accidentally sneak up there and all of a sudden he could be a very, very valuable piece for your fantasy team.
2: Yeah. I actually had Williams at six based on him being ready for that role to be able to step right in day one, be your lead receiving back, play on third downs. Um, so I'm, I'm a big fan of Williams. Um, but in my second half, the guy I'm kind of looking at that I'm going to stick with pounding the table for is uh, Quadri Ollison. He's a he uh, didn't measure as well in the athletic testing as I would have liked. But when you look at his tape, he did show some burst. Uh, can catch the ball a little bit. Uh, runs hard. He's a big guy, six foot two twenty eight. Put up a four five eight forty at his pro day. Uh, I don't think he got invited to the combine. So, you know, when I looked at, when you look at his stats, they're kind of really weird because he came in as a freshman and I think he had a thousand yard season and then he wasn't hardly used for the next two years. And then he came on as a senior and had a really good year. But then you realize, oh, wait a minute. His freshman season was uh, when James Conner had cancer. And so he came in, uh, Conner was out getting treatment. He, he performed, Conner came back and, uh. He really was very supplemental. Uh, change of pace spelled Connor. I, I think if Olison gets in the right role, he's going to be. Um, he he has some Mike uh, Allstott traits to him, uh, and he, he can get up in there and you you know he's going to get you that yard you need. He's going to get you two yards, and if he gets through the line, if. You know, if you give him that little crease, if the line gives that hole there, uh, he he's going to break off thirty or forty yards as well.
0: One guy he kind of reminded me of was—I uh, know this is a little bit more old school, but uh, Ron
2: Dane reminded me a little oh, bit of Ron Dane. Yeah, but he—you know—I don't know. He, he's Dane was Dane kind of had that Lev Bell patience without the burst. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. So. Yeah, I hope he has a better NFL career than Ron Dane. Yeah, yeah, he had a great
0: Ron Dane had a great college career, not not so much in the pros. All right, for
1: me, mine is gotta. I'm gonna butcher his name again. Is Divine Ozibo? I'm just I'm horrible with these last names, man. I cannot get this right. What? How do you say his last name? And you just told me this, and I already forgot.
2: Ozigbo.
1: Ozigbo. Okay, I gotta I gotta try and get this. I not sounding like an I part. Ozigbo. Um. I liked what I saw out of him this year uh, came in a little bit thicker this year I don't uh, looks like he put on a little bit more weight uh, I liked what he did there with Nebraska very good lateral quickness I liked his little bit of a power that he showed as well I think that he uh, if he can keep the kind of size that he showed this year should be a very good NFL back uh, not sure if he's got the Ability to be a three-down back, uh, I have him at 13 at mine, so he's right outside my top 12. I do like him a lot, though. I think that he has a chance to be a star, again, when I say star, not pro bowler, but I think he's someone who could do something like what Philip Lindsay did this year, depending on the situation. Again, I feel like that's a lot of this class, as we've all kind of touched on. Landing spot is going to be key for a lot of these guys. Do you guys have an overrated running back of this class that you haven't already talked about? I know there's been a little talk of, of Alex Barnes, obviously throughout this class, do you have somebody else that you think is overrated or is Barnes your answer there?
0: I mean, Barnes, Barnes was my answer for, for the, the most overrated, but another guy uh, that I've seen in most people's top eight or nine running backs that I've down at 13 is uh Devin Singletary. Uh, he's, he's smaller uh, I, he doesn't have the speed that you would think of for for a smaller running back, and I just don't see any path to him being an incredibly successful football player.
2: Yeah, I have him down at twelve. He he, uh, him and uh, Henderson at, at a glance look very com- comparable, but when you dig deeper, you know Henderson is a much much better back, and uh, I, I just I feel like Singletary is just gonna fade away quickly. He's small and he's slow.
1: Okay, For me, mine is, uh, and and I might change this opinion at some point after what uh, I just heard from you earlier about him, uh, Garrett, but uh, Reichwell Armstead for me, I just haven't seen as much as other people have. I do need to watch some more tape on him, uh, and I will go back a little bit just based on what you were telling me earlier on him, but he's just someone that I'm not that high on. Uh, I don't think that he has what it takes to be a good back at the next level. I have him down at 17. I know some people have him up in their top 12. A lot of people do, so that probably means I'm wrong on him. And, I mean, that's not anything new for me, but uh, he's right now one of the most (laughs) overrated backs for me. Um, Do you guys have an underrated back of this class, someone that you guys, I'm 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 sure I know who Garrett is going to be, as he touched on him earlier, but uh, someone that nobody's talking about that you think has a shot to be a really good running back at the next level?
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess it would probably be cheating if I uh, kept kept pounding the table for Madison. No, that's fine. Uh, but
1: go ahead. That, that's the that's the whole point. Like I said, he's someone I, in all honesty, had never even heard of. So I'm glad that you brought him up because that gives me some some homework to do now to go look at this guy.
0: Yeah, he's he's a fun one. I mean, he really is, and uh, he's one that both because sometimes you watch just the highlights on a guy and you're like, oh my gosh, this guy is incredible. I I need him. I need him on my fantasy team. But then you. Go and watch the game tape and you're like, oh, those were literally his only good plays. Never mind. I'm, I'm not interested. Um, whereas I think he does a good job of he fulfills both. Uh, there were the biggest knock on him that I've heard is sometimes his yards per carry were a little bit low. But that offense that he was in was terrible. Um and honestly, this is going to sound like I'm not high on him when I say this, but uh, don't hear what I'm not saying. He reminds me a lot, and they played at the same school, of Jay Ajayi. Now, I know people aren't as high on Jay Ajayi right now, but let's remove the the knee issues uh, and just look at on-the-field production only. When Jay has been healthy, he's been a very good running back, and I could see a lot of that same game inside of Madison.
2: Yeah, and, and I talked about him last week uh, a little bit uh, – I like Travis Homer a lot um, I think he's somebody that you know he's he's never gonna be a 300 carry back but he's somebody that can come in I think and carry the ball 150 times and catch 50 passes uh, he's got good speed decent size 510 201 if he gets some grown-up weight on him but bulks up to about 210 um, you know, he should be able to, to put together a nice career.
1: Okay. For me, um, mine's Mike Weber. Uh, I have him, obviously, in my top 10. Uh, Dennis, where did you have Mike Weber again?
2: I had him at 13. 13 uh, yeah. Wait, uh, 15, 15. 15. Okay.
1: So I know both of you guys, and obviously, had him outside of your top 12. I believe, uh, Garrett, you had him past your 15 as, as well, right? You had him 17, was it?
0: Uh, 16.
1: 16. Okay, so Mike Weber, for me, is someone I've had in my top 10. I, I I like Mike Weber. I do know there's some people that are high on him as well, but a lot of people seem to have him outside uh, their top 12. I think a lot of people are forgetting what he did his freshman year. He looked like a very good running back. Now again, J.K. Dobbins is better than him. I think we can all, as all Ohio State fans, can't admit that. uh, Dobbins is a better player, which is why he got more run than him. Um, He probably is only a rotational back at the NFL level, but I do think that he's a very good runner. He can catch the ball. He's very explosive in the short area. I've heard a lot that he's very smart. He's got a great football IQ, which I think is going to be great at the next level Uh, if If he can land in a good spot, for instance, we talked about uh, uh, Houston earlier, a place like Buffalo maybe that needs a receiving back. Somewhere where he can just be the main receiving back, I think Mike Weber is someone that can be really good. So he's kind of my underrated guy, a guy that uh, not a lot of people I think are talking about uh, that should get a little bit more pub because I think he's a lot better than we're giving him credit for. Going into this draft, you've talked about how you think it's – Oh, kind of a weak class obviously the fact that there's not that many elite players it seems like a lot of these guys are all kind of grouped together so over under and how many backs do you think get drafted all together in all seven rounds in this draft at 14 would you take the over or the under
0: um just looking and and i cheated because I, I saw this on the show sheet and i was like i think typically there's there's a decent amount of backs and almost every year i've seen that uh, running backs you you have at least 18, 19 running backs, some as many as like 22, 23 in some classes. So this is a weaker class so I don't expect it to be quite that high mm-hmm. but I still think it'll probably get to like 15, 16.
2: okay. Yeah, I think if the over under is 15 uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a squeaker but I, I, I think it's gonna hit the over.
1: I agree. I, I think it's going to go over as well. Now, I'm, I am someone who's a lot higher on this class again. I, I think. Obviously, I only have 20 guys ranked compared to some other people's 24, um, but I would I can imagine all 20 of those guys easily going in say the top six rounds. I would assume some will probably go in the seven, uh, but I do think just based on the volatility of that position, that people are they're going to draft more and more. Like you were saying, Garrett, up to 19 to 20 in some drafts, just based on the injury history at that position, those guys get beat to hell almost every single play. So you're going to bring in guys, keep them probably on their practice on your practice squads and everything in the NFL. Uh, in case you suffer a serious injury there. Uh, Garrett, how many workhorse backs do you have in this class?
0: So overall in this class, I think as far as guys that will actually get a job and have a chance to be a true workhorse back, we're probably only looking at three or four. Um, For me, I think Josh Jacobs will get to be a workhorse. I do think eventually both Miles Sanders and David Montgomery will be after that's where it gets interesting. I'm not sure that that Henderson will, unless he lands in the right situation that's going to utilize him well. But I don't see it happening. Uh, I do think either Madison or, or possibly Benny Snell could. Um,
2: but we're not looking at more than maybe maybe five backs in this class. Yeah, I'd agree. I'm not, you know, I'm not sold on Jacobs 100. Um, percent I, I think he looks great coming off the bus and he makes a few plays, but, uh, I, you know, Saquon Barkley went in with five-star recruits and became the man. Josh Jacobs went in with five-star recruits and became a man. And so there's, there's, it's, you know, it's it's different to me. And so, while I think he's got the build for it. Uh, there, there's more variability, but I, I could see Rodney Anderson, uh, becoming a workhorse he's got good three down skills he's a big back it'll just with him it's going to come down to uh, can he avoid the fluke injuries Um, you know he gets dinged up but when he was running last year uh, or the year before before he his healthy year you know he looked he looked like a monster and uh, I think he's uh, somebody that can come in and, and carry the load Yeah, and I'm
1: right there with both of you. For me, I've got four uh, in Montgomery, Henderson, Sanders, and Anderson, and i got Josh Jacobs right there on the outside. I am also someone who's not big on Jacobs, just I don't – I just haven't seen enough out of him. I know he had some great plays, looked explosive at Alabama. Uh, I just don't understand why he couldn't take over the job from Damian Williams any sooner than what he did. Um, I think that that's kind of – it might be something I know uh, Andrew brought up Uh, in the last episode it might have been something where Nick Saban really seems to stick with his guys at times and even if Josh Jacobs looked better he wanted to stick with Damian Harris because he's been his guy throughout these past couple years Uh, but I would think if he was that great in practice and looked that good that he would have taken the job over a lot sooner than he did Uh, so I worry about him a little bit I don't think that he's going to be quite as good as a lot of other people do uh, comparing him to Alvin Kamara and everything he's uh, I think at best probably more of a receiving back uh, than anything else I'm not sure That he can be a workhorse, and last but not least, before we get out of here, and this might be a a question to better talk about uh, after the draft happens, but I would like to get just kind of your early thoughts on it. Uh, How many of these backs that you have in your top twenty-four do you think are worth drafting for fantasy?
0: I'm probably even if you're you got a little bit of a deeper draft where you're drafting four and five rounds. I I have a hard time imagining that most of the running backs will go beyond running back 15, 16. Um, I know most years almost all of them get taken but if you're in a, if you're in a smaller one like like I know in the first round, I as of right now have only two backs I believe in the top 10 and then there's a couple that are like right on the fringe there if they would be maybe at the end of the first round if it's a 12 a team league. but as far as like true like I feel confident, I have two uh, running backs in the top 10. So that just kind of tells you a little bit about this class where th- there's not a lot of confidence with, with all of these guys.
2: Well, I, I think that the thing to look at, though, from a dynasty perspective is that mantra draft running backs trade for wide receivers. Running backs can step in and play. Wide receivers take longer to develop and tight ends even longer than that. And so. The smarter dynasty players are going to take running backs, more running backs and earlier running backs. And I know in the leagues that we play in, you know, we play with a lot of very smart players. And so I, I feel like, yeah, the, the AJ Browns and the Nikhil Harrys, uh, Hakeem Butler's, those guys are going to get drafted Fanton Hawkinson. But I wouldn't be surprised to see five running backs go in the first round because, the smart dynasty player knows that the running backs typically will hit sooner. The The position does take more of a beating. You need to have, you know, it's like uh, Woody Hayes used to say, you need to have a pair and a spare. And so when you build your dynasty teams, you try to build that running back core and get as much depth there as you can and then let somebody else draft a wide receiver that kind of tanks that first year and then you go trade for him in the offseason.
0: Overall, I definitely agree with that. I, I do like to try to draft running backs and, and trade for receivers, and so I think that's good you brought that up. For me, though, at the end of the day, I still have to go with the best available player, even regardless of what my team need is. If I think there's a player that's significantly better at receiver or at tight end, I don't think that I can pass on them to take a running back because of, of that philosophy necessarily.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you, Garrett. Uh, If it was a different class, maybe I am actually one of those people that goes kind of by the strategy that Dennis was just talking about, though. I'm in most of my rookie drafts. Uh, Most of the ones that I'm in are about four rounds. Some of them are five. You'll see me in most of my drafts taking at least three, if not four running backs because I just feel like if any of those guys pop, you're going to get more value from them because everybody's looking for that next running back, especially because of the short life uh, with wide receivers, especially now where it seems like they're taking three to four years to develop. Although I think this class is going to have a couple guys. that's going to be like that 2016 class that produced right away. Um, I would – for me in this class I think there's only those top 4 for me and, and Henderson, Montgomery, Sanders and Anderson that I would entertain taking in like the top 13 to 14. I think anything anyone out of those I would probably lean heavy on wide receiver in this class and Anderson I probably wouldn't even take that high because I have a feeling he would drop to probably the back end of the second round would be my assumption. I know um you know we're it seems like we're all very high on him but I've seen a lot of people that have him all the way down at 10 or 12. So if most people are talking about him being at the bottom of their first round ranks, your chances are you're going to be able to get him late in the second because of how many wide receivers are going to go in these rookie drafts.
0: Um, Yeah, I definitely agree with that.
1: Who, who are your two Garrett? Is it um, Josh Jacobs? And who are the two guys that you would take in the first round?
0: Him and Montgomery are locks for me in the first round. Miles Sanders is probably going to be in my first round. I think I have him right now at 10 um and, and he's only gone up for me. So I think realistically, if I'm being honest, he will probably also be in my first. But um then with guys like uh Henderson, Anderson, Madison Snow, right now I just can't justify taking them in the first round.
1: Right. And how early would you take a running back in the first round? Would you would you be willing to take Josh Jacobs at one one? Or how far do you think how far back would you have to be in the first round before you would take Jacobs or Montgomery?
0: So right now, for me, there's a tier of four guys that I really like. Um, that tier is Josh Jacobs, Nikhil Harry, A.J. Brown, and Hakeem Butler. I love those four players a lot. Um, and assuming that they don't get absolutely screwed in their uh, in their uh, landing spot, I anticipate that you know I'll I'll probably have those four still still in the same spot there. So I would be willing to take them somewhere in the top four. We'll see how that fluctuates a little bit with the draft, but somewhere in the top four. Then I kind of have David Montgomery in my second tier there uh, with some guys like some of the tight ends. um, uh, Let's see, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Debo Samuel, some of those guys. So he's kind of in that, that next tier for me.
2: So as long as Baltimore doesn't draft one of those receivers.
0: <laughs> exactly. exact. That's honestly in my mind. That was the landing spot I was thinking of while I was saying that.
1: All right, well, Garrett, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you jumping on and talking running backs with us. I'm really looking forward uh, to the 22nd episode where we will have you and Jared on and we'll be doing some rookie mocks and everything right before the NFL draft. I think that's going to be a lot of fun because it does seem like the four of us have uh, very different opinions on some players, so it'll be really interesting to kind of see which way we go in talking about these rookie mocks. Uh, Before we cut out of here, let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter Twitter, and where they can find any of uh, your articles and everything.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I uh, write and do uh, some podcasting stuff uh, for Dynasty Nerds. I am at Twitter, uh, at Dynasty Price. And uh, before I sign off here, I, I do want to take an opportunity to thank Dennis. Um, Dennis, probably the, the same story is probably true for quite a few people, uh, but Dennis was one of the first people to kind of reach out to me uh, when I first started and uh he didn't have to uh but but he he saw something i don't know maybe it was just him being nice maybe he didn't see anything uh but he he at least saw enough to uh to invite me to some stuff uh get me involved with some of the other writers and some of the other people in the industry and so uh, i know that's the story for for some other people uh as well but but dennis has definitely been uh extremely instrumental in in getting me where i'm at right now so dennis i know i haven't had a chance to talk to you uh, and in person necessarily, but I did want you to know that I, I genuinely
2: do appreciate uh, all your help with this. Well, thank you, and uh, you know, all I do is say hello. You guys do the work,
1: Dennis. Obviously, we all we all know, but go ahead and give us again where we can find you on Twitter and where your article's at as well.
2: Well, you can find me on Twitter at culture underscore coach. But with Garrett's recent uh, handle change, I'm wondering if I should maybe make my uh, at something more uh, fantasy Uh football-ish, but I've been culture coach for so long, I I feel like I've developed a a uniqueness to it, and so I'm a little hesitant, so at least for now, I'm still going to be at culture underscore coach. I do write for DynastyNerds.com, I've got an article in the hopper fixing to come out, it should be out in a day or two, it's in the editor's hands now, about the ideal landing spots for uh, some wide receivers. Uh, It's the down and dynasty column. It's the follow-up to the running back uh, one. Uh, It'll be followed by a tight end one and a quarterback one, so uh, be ready. And, uh, you know, as always, I'm uh, your co-host on this here illustrious podcast.
1: Well, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you guys jumping on and talking with me about this rookie class, and I look forward to doing the rookie mock with you guys in just a couple weeks.
0: Thanks for having me
2: on. um, Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came like
0: out the one line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throwing up above his head. They can't jump with me, Die,
1: leave. Or the tackle him the corner? Who can make a play? I can. Who
2: can make a play? I can. <laughs> <laughs>